0: The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 171 Judas the Warrior Though not all the Jewish leaders were happy with Antiochus's policies, they eventually went along with them. It was left to a patriarch of a small town in the north of Judea to stand up for the truth and fight for it. If not for Mattathias and his small group of loyal followers, known from that point on as the Maccabees, the holy scriptures would likely have been completely destroyed by Antiochus Epiphanes. After the faith-filled events in Modian, Mattathias, his five sons, and a relatively small band of Jews, fled to the surrounding mountains. From there, Mattathias led raids against the imperial troops and even bands of Jews who supported Antiochus' cause, counting them as traitors. Their initial success drew more followers to the Maccabean cause. One significant group that joined the Maccabees was the Hasidim, This sect of Jews opposed fighting on the Sabbath day. They would rather be killed than break the Sabbath by defending themselves. Seleucid forces used this to their advantage by attacking the Hasidim only on the Sabbath. Mattathias was finally able to convince the Hasidim to fight on the Sabbath when it was completely necessary to save their lives. Mattathias was already an old man when the rebellion started. One day, as he lay on his deathbed, he called his sons together to receive his last
1: words. Oh, my children,
0: he exhorted them,
1: show zeal for the law and give your lives for the covenant of your fathers. Remember the deeds of the fathers which they did in their generations and received great honor and an everlasting name.
0: Mattathias went on to recount the faithful acts of Abraham, David, Elijah, Daniel, and others, testifying that from generations to generations, none who put their trust in him will lack strength. Finally, Mattathias gave his last instruction.
1: My children, be courageous and grow strong in the law, for by it you will gain honor. Judas Maccabeus has been a mighty warrior from his youth. He shall command the army for you and fight the battle against the peoples. You shall rally about you, all who observe the law, and avenge the wrong done to your people. Pay back the Gentiles in full, and heed what the law commands.
0: Up to this point... Antiochus had not dedicated many troops to stopping the Maccabees. He thought the rebellion was insignificant and would soon fall away into history. After Mattathias's death, however, the Maccabees became even stronger. Following their father's last instructions, the brothers made Judas their military leader. Under him, the Maccabees continued their guerrilla-style warfare against relatively small bands of the enemy. Antiochus began to pay more attention to the Jewish revolt when it interrupted part of the empire's supply of tax income. To quell the rebellion, he finally decided to send an army of 2,000 soldiers under the leadership of Samaria's general and governor, Apollonius. At this point, the only weapons the Jews possess was the mace, an instrument consisting of a short wooden handle topped by a stone or metal head, the sling and farm implements, the synth sickle pitchfork adapted for combat. With these primitive weapons, the Jews would be facing well-trained soldiers who moved in massive formations, one formation being the Macedonian phalanx, where men with long-weighted spears marched toward the enemy. Naturally, the Seleucid forces were confident they could easily overcome the ragtag bunch of Jewish fighters. However, they didn't count on Judas's military genius. Judas realized that his force would be no match for the Seleucids if they fought in an open field, He had to go on the offensive and ensure he could pick the spot to attack, one that would be best suited to his men. After he received word that the army had left Samaria and was marching south, Judas assembled his brothers and captains to tell them of his audacious plan.
2: Apollonius is expecting us to cower in fear of his army, he said. The last thing he would expect is for us to bring the fight to him. I propose that we leave at once to attack him on the march, even before his army has reached the Judean border. This way they won't have time to break into military formation.
0: The men listening nodded in agreement, having witnessed Judas's courage and strategies before. They knew his plan would be the best. Judas continued.
2: Instead of fighting them in an open field, we will attack them as they are walking through a narrow valley.
0: He pointed toward a spot on the map in front of him.
2: Here, just north of the Judean border, is the perfect place. We shall break into four groups. The first group will attack the very front of the column of men as they are marching. Then, the other groups, armed with as many slings as we can find, will appear on either ridge, raining down a barrage of stones upon them. Finally, amid the confusion, the final group will attack from the rear to ensure not one of them escapes. Is the plan clear?
0: Judas asked as he scanned the faces of his officers.
2: Yes, sir!
0: They all responded with one accord.
2: Then let us be off, for the Seleucid army is already on the march.
0: Over the next few hours, the battle ensued, just as Judas had planned. Though the Jews were outnumbered by about four to one, Judas's plan of attacking the enemy on the march and inside a steep valley limited the Seleucid's ability to maneuver into a defensive position. Apollonius himself, who was located in the middle of the column, was eventually killed. Judas claimed Apollonius' sword as his own after the victory. The rest of the Maccabean forces replaced their pitchforks and other farm implements with the swords and spears of the fallen army. Over the next few months, Judas and his men faced down growing numbers of Sadducee forces. One by one, they fell to the small but growing renegade force led by Judas. As time wore on, Antiochus grew furious that the small band of Jews had not been defeated. While God was obviously supporting the Maccabees' efforts, Antiochus also severely underestimated the Jews. After losing a number of battles, which he often blamed on ineffectual leadership by his generals, Antiochus decided to send a massive army. However, the war effort as well as his lavish spending had severely depleted the Seleucid money reserves. Antiochus stewed over what to do next.
1: Do I send all my forces down to Judah? Do I put down this rebellion? He wondered. Or do I split my forces and travel to the eastern part of my realm to ensure I am paid the tribute I am owed?
0: Antiochus eventually decided to divide his forces. He would lead the main part of his army eastward into Persia to collect the taxes, leaving Lysias, a distinguished man of royal lineage, in charge of his kingdom from the Euphrates River to Egypt, which included the region of Judea. Antiochus believed the Maccabean revolt would be squelched by good leadership and enough men charged Lysias to get the job done while he was gone. Immediately after Antiochus departed, Lysias sent a formidable army of 47,000 men, half of the total Seleucid forces, down to Judea. This army included 7,000 cavalry and 40,000 swordsmen and archers, as well as a division of war elephants. Lysias chose three veteran generals to lead the army, Ptolemy, Necanor, and Georgius, while he oversaw the events of state at home. The enormous army made camp in the Judean foothills near a place called Emmaus. When news reached the neighboring countries, traders and slave owners from near and far came to the outskirts of the Seleucid camp. They were so confident of a Seleucid victory that they brought gold, silver, large amounts of shackles to purchase and transport the soon-to-be Jewish slaves. When the report reached Judas of the massive size of the enemy army, as well as the fact that it intended to sell all the Jews into slavery... Judas gathered his forces together to Mispa on the outskirts of Jerusalem. He realized the only thing that could prevent the subjugation of the Jews was deliverance from God. The Jews gathered for a fast, putting on sackcloth and sprinkling ashes on their heads. They also brought with them their tithes and firstfruits crying out to God, What shall we do with these? And where shall we take them, since your sanctuary is profaned by the Gentiles? Their plea to God continued. Now behold, the Gentiles are assembled with their army to destroy us. You know, O God, what they plan to do with us. How will we be able to withstand them if you do not help us? Numerous prayers went up throughout the day until the people concluded the fast with the blast of trumpets and a loud shout to God for deliverance. Judas then prepared his army for battle by appointing different officers over his troops. In accordance with the law, he also sent home those who were building houses or planting vineyards, even those who were faint of heart. With the remaining forces, he marched toward Emmaus, approaching it from the south. Once they were encamped, with the night closing in, Judas encouraged his warriors.
2: Prepare yourselves and be valiant. Be ready early in the morning to fight these Gentiles who have assembled against us to destroy us and our sanctuary. It is better for us to die in battle than to see the misfortunes. But as his will in heaven may be, so he will do.
0: No sooner had Judas finished speaking, a Jewish scout approached the group and whispered into his ear. Once he had passed on the message, the scout stepped back to join the men. Judas looked at his faithful men and declared,
2: Men, give attention. We have a change of plans and must act swiftly.
0: The crowd looked on in anticipation, leaning forward to better hear the new commands. We have
2: it on good authority,
0: Judas said, nodding to the scout,
2: that a portion of the enemy's forces, including the best of their cavalry, and led by General Georgius, is moving toward our camp as we speak. Our position has been compromised.
0: Disappointment and a noticeable sense of fear came over the crowd. Judas was undeterred, however, and saw this as a potential advantage.
2: Don't fear,
0: he said boldly.
2: We must leave our camp immediately. But before we do, we will stoke our fires well with more wood to make it look like we are still in the camp. Their army is currently divided. We will go now to attack their camp at Emmaus, catching them unawares and unprepared. Quietly now, we go at once.
0: Judas's men stoked the campfires, then set off under the cover of darkness. Soon after, Georgius arrived with his force on the ridge overlooking the Jewish camp. He saw their fires burning brightly, but didn't see any men. He thought the Jews must have just recently bedded down for the night, so he decided to hold off for an hour before attacking.
1: Hmm. They will be much easier to defeat once they in a deep sleep.
0: He thought, after the hour passed, Georgius sent his cavalry down into the camp. They soon realized that no one was there. Oh, they must have fled to the hills. Georgius scornfully told his men. Those cowardly
2: Jews, I knew they would not have the courage to stand up and fight us.
0: Little did he know that Judas' army of 3,000 men had not fled, but rather had made its way undetected to the Seleucid camp. Arriving just as the sun was rising, Judas and his men looked toward the enemy camp and were shocked by what they saw. They had never seen such a large army encampment. Enemy shields and armor glittered in the rising sun. The noise of thousands of shuffling horses and trumpeting elephants only added to their awe. Furthermore, the camp was already abuzz with anticipation for a fight. Soldiers were awake, preparing their weapons for warfare. Judas looked to his men once again and knew they were in need of inspiration. He rode his horse out in front of his men and turned to face them. He took a deep breath and with complete conviction shouted so every man could hear, including the enemy camp.
2: Do not fear their numbers or be afraid of them when they charge.
0: Judas shouted for all to hear.
2: Remember how our fathers were saved at the Red Sea when Pharaoh and his forces pursued them.
0: His first words were enough to send alarm through the Seleucid camp.
2: He works. He
1: works.
0: The Jews could hear in the distance. Nevertheless, Judas continued his speech. Lifting his hands to heaven, he shouted once more this time even louder.
2: Let us cry to heaven so that God will favor us and remember his covenant with our fathers and crush this army before us. Then all the Gentiles will know that there is one who redeems and saves Israel.
0: The army of Jews let out a mighty roar, electrified by the speech and fully believing that God would favor their cause. Then Judas reined his horse around to face the enemy. He could see the army starting to form lines outside the camp. There was no time to waste. Judas, in the line of his cavalry, at the front of his force, started to trot, then canter toward the Seleucid army. They reached a full gallop, and the trumpets of war were blown. The scream of three thousand fierce and faith-filled fighters charging toward their camp sent a shockwave of alarm through the Sadducee. Some faced the Jews, others turned and ran. Judas and his men pursued the enemy soldiers as they scattered, killing over 3,000. Realizing that Georgius and his men were likely to soon return, Judas sounded the trumpet for the Jews to return to the enemy camp.
2: Now is not the time to be greedy and plunder their camp, for there is still a battle to be fought,
0: Judas instructed.
2: Georgius and his force are near us in the hills. We need to stand and fight against his army. Afterward, we shall seize their plunder.
0: Just as he finished his commands, a detachment of Georgius' forces appeared over the hills, heading toward the camp. But when they saw their camp up in smoke and realized their fellow soldiers had been put to flight, they were terrified about what would happen to them if they attacked to top it off. Judas's men had quickly assembled outside the camp and prepared to march toward them. Immediately, Georgius ordered the sound of retreat, and the remaining Seleucid fighters fled from the battlefield, withdrawing to the coast. Seeing the enemy put to flight once more, Judas' men shared. They quickly plundered the enemy camp and seized so much gold, silver, and expensive fabrics and cloth. Then, in acknowledgement of God's victory, they sang praises to God as they returned to their camp.
1: Praise me to God, for he is good, his mercy endures forever, and he has delivered Israel.
0: Hearing news of the stunning defeat of his army, Lysias was perplexed and discouraged. How could his force fail to overcome the Jews? He sent out another army, this time even larger. But again, it was put to flight by the much smaller Jewish force. At this point, Judas spoke to his brothers.
2: Behold, our enemies are crushed. It is time for us to go up to Jerusalem and cleanse the sanctuary and dedicate it.
0: Judas's forces assembled and went up to Mount Zion. They saw the sanctuary desolate, the altar broken down, and the gates burned. The courts of the temple were overgrown with bushes and small trees. The chambers of the priests lay in ruins, The terrible scene caused the Jews to mourn with great lamentation. They sprinkled themselves with ashes and fell face down to the ground. The trumpets were sounded as they cried out to heaven. A small force of Seleucid fighters still occupied Antiochus' fortress that overlooked the temple. If the temple was to be cleaned up, Judas had to ensure those fighters were pinned down. He assigned men to fight those in the citadel until he had cleansed the sanctuary. Judas then chose faithful priests to begin to clean the sanctuary. Because the altar of burnt sacrifice had been profaned with unholy sacrifices, they tore it down completely and removed the stones. They then took unhued stones As directed in the law of Moses, and built a new altar like the former one. After the altar was restored, they rebuilt the sanctuary and interior of the temple and consecrated the courts. They made new holy vessels and brought the lampstand, the altar of incense, and the table into the temple. Then they burned incense on the altar and lighted the lamps on the lampstand, bringing light into the temple once again. Approximately three years after Antiochus had desecrated it, the temple was finally cleansed. The Jews established an eight-day festival to celebrate the rededication of the temple. Though many more struggles were ahead, the rededication was so important to the Jews that they celebrated it with a festival each year for more than 2,000 years it is still kept today and is known as Hanukkah. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church.